Okay, today the content could be a little more mature for audiences, so please, ask someone before listening to this video. It's mature and may be uncomfortable for some viewers. Viewer discussion is advised. Be cautious. This is more for adults or for those who get permission. Okay, let's start where Lee left off. Don't ask... Oh, okay. Most of them have to... Uh, they spend a lot of time writing. Stand-up comedics. Uh, Chris Fairbanks says he's often asked if he writes his own material. All stand-ups do, or should. He says, unless they're cheating and stealing from other comics, comedians, and if you're having someone else write your jokes and doing them on stage as your own, then in my opinion, you're an actor, he explains. To make money, they hit the road. Because some large cities have a sculpture of comedians, it can be difficult to make money by performing shows in just one area. We don't make any money doing shows in Los Angeles. Maybe you can make cab fare here and there in New York City, but LA comedians have to live, leave the city and work the road to make an actual living. Fairbanks explains, and because audiences in different cities have very sense of humor and taste, some comedians alter their routines slightly to appear to the locals, perhaps by referring to local sports teams, weather, or stereotypes about the city's residents. They're paying close attention to your reaction. Until they try a new joke in front of an audience, stand-up comedians don't know if their material will work, actually work. Even minor tweaks in tone and direction can, uh, more laughs. So comedians have their ear fine-tuned to the crowd to determine what works and what doesn't, and when a certain joke constantly fails to laughter from multiple audiences, comedians will remove it from their set. Stand-up comedian Christina Lopez, who admits that it can take years to develop a killer 30-second, no, 30-minute set. I read that wrong, sorry. As my act goes on, I feel the audience going in another direction and will literally switch jokes in my head to make my LPM last per minute go up. Kind of like some weird mind trick going on right before your eyes, she explains. They know how to grace, gracefully handle hacklers. Audiences will sometimes include an individual so drunk and or... Um, intoxicated, they shout at the comedian and try to interrupt the show. But according to Mitch, it's very rare to encounter someone who's actually having a bad time and wants to ruin the show for the performer 
an audience. What's more common is someone who is enjoying themselves but doesn't understand what's expected of an audience member. They don't know the boundaries and they will talk too much and want to be involved. He explains, to deal with that type of heckler, address the person, thanks for them being excited and ask them to please stand back. I usually speak to them right on the border of nice and mean, he says. It's still rare to see successful female comedians, although comedies such as comedians such as Amy Schumer, Sarah Silverman, and Tina Fey have achieved mainstream success. Comedy is still largely a man's world. Author and speaking coach Judy Cater says that when she was touring on a female stand-up comic in the late 1980s, the amount of sexism in the business always shocked her. Most often, I was introduced as an oddity. Are you ready for something different? We have a female stand-up. And she says, sexism is still entranced in the comedian world. Still today, I am shocked at the constant of a male lineup at comedy clubs, she admits. Hopefully, we can change that at some point. A silent audience isn't the end of the world. Although the, most comedians are terrified of the idea of bombing, performing to a silent audience that doesn't laugh or smile, a quiet audience can be an opportunity. If you just pull ahead and do your normal material without mentioning you're going to continue to do poorly, um, Mitch says, rather than insult the audience, Mitch says he'll start chatting with them to confront the silence head on. Once he determines where the weird vibe is coming from, he can try to create a share funny experience that brings the room together, then build from there. Or I just ran away crying. Either way, he jokes. Although most comedians are terrified of the idea of bombing or performing to... Okay, we already did that. Here's the video of Williams and Coco together, so I talked about that. I read this book back in 2018, so I didn't write much on it, so I will add to it. This was back when you could go to the library, sit down, and touch stuff. Okay, so I was looking some stuff up. I read this book. It was interesting. It wasn't my favorite book in the world. I did it because my collection was becoming a little too depressing even for me. Like, I literally was reading, like, I kept getting like, oh, you're reading those books? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, I was so sick of hearing that. that I grabbed a few random books. I'm like, and they're like, oh, this is new. I'm like, yeah, thanks. It got weird real quick. When you like like horror and unsolved mysteries, and that's your main collection, people stare at you. I'm laughing because it was so awkward. I mean, it was so weird. And like, devastatingly creepy. I want to see if I can find anything else. Okay, so let's see what they have. 
by stand-up comedian tips. While there are hundreds of comedian tips to choose from, applying these 50 stand-up comedy tips are going to help you at level of your comedy career. I am not becoming a comedian. I am not good at comedy. Or if I am being funny, it's not on purpose half the time. Which is like really weird because people are like, do you know you're really funny? And I'm like, what do you mean I'm funny? I wasn't trying to be funny. I was just telling you a story that actually happened to me. I am one of those people that is very accident prone. And when I talk about like what has happened, people either find it creepy or funny. And I'm like, great, this is what I get for telling you what happened. Like, I went to the movie theaters one time and, you know, it had like one of those weird circle handles and I decided to flush the toilet like a person would. Right before I was about, you know, I flushed it, uh, I cut in between my thumb and my other finger, I don't remember what this is called for the life of me, and the next thing I know, it's squirting out blood. like. All over it was breathing really bad and I washed my hands as best as I could because let me tell you when you're bleeding it's hard to wash your hands and I went to like the person who was working there and I'm like could I please get a band-aid I would I really need a band-aid and they're like wait what and I'm showing them my hand and they're like are you gonna sue us and I'm like no I just want a band-aid like that's all I want he's like I'll get you band-aid and ice I think he was like a teenager I just remember it being a person and I was not like a normal movie theater I went to and it was kind of funny because it was like do you why is your like how did people were like how did that happen and I explained it and they were either laughing or giving me like a look like are you gonna sue us and I'm like I'm not trying to sue anyone like I get hurt so easily one time I decided to ride a bike with my friends. That was a mistake. He didn't tell me he didn't have brakes, for one. For two, I thought it'd be fun to ride it really fast down the road. Little old me, who's accident prone, smack dab, literally between the sidewalk and the cement of the curve. Like, so the road and the sidewalk hit my head and for the next two weeks, I had teachers come up to me and be like, you shouldn't even be in class. Are you okay? Someone else said, did you get like, like jumped? And I'm like, no, I fell off of a bike. And my thumb was like severely messed up and I was supposed to go get an MRI and that never happened. So it became a whole thing. And I'm like, when I tell the story to the people, they find it funny now. I'm like... They'll go, oh, you did an Anna. And I'm like, really? Thanks. I'm an accident-prone person. But anyway, let's talk about some comedic tips. If you double down on anything, make it your POV. Learn about why point of view is important in comedy. Okay, find your authentic point of view and stand behind it. Okay, take your authenticity funny self. Understanding how to create comic conflict within your material is one of the most important parts of writing. 
Yeah, I'm not becoming a comedian, so. <laughs> but I was just so getting too many looks at the library about my book collection that I was like, yeah, no, okay, I know. <laughs> I'll behave. It was one of those days that I was just like, I'll behave, I'll behave. Get something normal. Why? They can be funny with friends, but when they try to turn it into a comedy routine, the material comes off as lifeless and humorless. It's far easier to develop a hilarious material without using techniques of or formula. Don't attempt to both write and analyze your material at the same time. It is literally impossible to do both at the same time. Go into flow. Stop constantly checking yourself. I know if I did like every time I'm like, oh, I messed up. I would never finish a project ever because I am so hard on myself. I'm like, oh, this is ugly. I'm like, if you keep saying that, you're never going to get better at it. Calm down. Principles of writing and performing stand-up comedy. Don't try to build an entire career by Taylor and error. But you'll also be way more ex effective as a writer. Have a set time to write every day. Writing every day gives you ideas to develop between writing ses sessions. Yeah, so this actually can help with when you have writer's block with music, writing in general. Okay, some jokes works best paired with others or further away from others. No, not hilarious mistakes. Don't worry about spelling or grammar when writing. Forget what uh, the joke was. Don't steal material. Uh, the consequences are too severe. You just, if you don't realize that somebody else has done it, maybe uh, see what happens. Because I've heard people say, oh, you stole the material, and the other person had no clue the other person said it or did it. Like, that can happen where, like, so maybe ask someone or get, like, help. And even if they don't know, and then like it comes back later, that can be a problem. That has happened with artists, books, everything. Like sometimes you just don't know what has happened in the, like, that kind of content or not. So don't do it on purpose at all, ever. That's bad. And if you do it by mistake, try to fix it the right way. Don't be rude or insensitive try to understand. Use your writing time to express yourself. Audience ability to identify. Even famous comedians have to test out their materials. You'll end up sounding like a robot on stage. Don't memorize word of your... Okay, so it says don't try to over memorize. The audience will feel like you're talking at them instead of to them. If you memorize word for word, you're going to forget where you are at during a performance. When you focus on yourself, you get stage fright. When you focus on the audience, you feel passion for what you're saying. You'll forget yourself and sink into the moment. They'll sense your aesthetic. Focus on what you want to tell the audience, not on yourself. My own experience. 
break down the fourth wall. Perform several times a week if you can. Find a home venue. Create a set list. Just because you get a laugh doesn't mean you're done. Don't pick an on audience members. Balance writing and performing. Spend time writing and get it on stage as soon as possible. Don't take it out on the audience. It's not their fault nobody showed up. Many sex successful comedians hit two to five shows a night. They get mad because there's another show right around the corner. Miss the to be to work on a crowd. Open night mics for, for training. Use them to learn your craft. So, like, I know some people dislike open mic nights and like them, but it really does help those who want to get into this. Or even, like, for me, I have a little bit of stage fright, which is <laughs> shocking. Like, a live audience, not a computer or on a podcast or my phone. You get me on a real stage and I almost freeze up immediately. So for like someone like me who has like a slight stage fright, definitely a place to go and learn. I decided to try out for the school play one year. And the good news was I didn't need my glasses because it was not time period accurate. Well, guess who's uh couldn't see the audience when she was performing. Me. <laughs> One way to get over your stage fright, I guess. Can't see the audience, you focus on what you need to do. Use some formal wor words. Don't speak formally. I don't even know if I know how to speak formally. Tips on making your stand-up comedy. Get good, then get seen. Job one is to get to the point where you can constantly go out and get laughs on stage. Bombing an open open mic night is no big deal. Bombing a show that people paid to see is a big deal. Everyone has their bad days though, so just remember to try your best and remember like some of these people are new. Be remarkable. Isn't simply about having high enough quality material. Remar remarkable is all about becoming sticky in the mind of the audience. Be around the scene, not an outsider. Don't be a jerk. Network. Use YouTube efficiently. Use social media. Be professional. Uh, befriend every comedian in your city. They were hilarious, but I can't book them anymore. But bookers for professional venues actually rank professional above humor. Uh, start an open mic night in your town to get more stage time. A fellow book comedian. Be unique. If you want the audience to remember you after show, give them a reason. One common trait. They were unique. Uh... Everyone is stand-up comedy is funny. That's why they choose their identity in the first place. Learn your craft. No matter what level you're at, there's always something to learn. You won't find a job half this fun or interesting or one that is so easy to start and yet another gets old. 
learning a lot more than I thought I did. This is kind of similar to the book I read. I like the book. Is it really my cup of tea? No. I'm not very good at stand-up comedy at all. I guess the only comedy I know would be the actual stuff that has happened to me. Funny or not funny. Could be funny to someone else, but terrifying to me. Like, oh, I know. This one time, I had a very infected foot. It was disgusting. Like, so bad when we went to the doctors, the nurse came out, looked at it. She's like, you need to take her to the hospital now. It was purple, pussy, and gigantically disgusting. They almost had to chop my foot off. I remember that because they were like, that infection was so bad. You are so lucky. And when I went to school, the principal's like, hey, you can't wear uh, uh, slippers to school. And I'm like, the doctor said I couldn't even wear shoes. I thought slippers would be a good like alternative and he's like wait what I actually showed him the doctor's note and he looked at me and he's like yeah slippers are okay like whatever it said made him like say yeah okay just show people that you have a doctor's note and let them know like what happened I'm like okay but he like I must have been such a goody goody because he believed me instantly and whatever that note said must have said something because the look on his face changed from like, yeah, I'm going to give her a hard time like we do for dress codes. And typically, yeah, I got in trouble for dress codes like most girls do. But I tried to get around the rules, which is harder than you think. You have to like wear a coat. You have to like wear leggings under a dress or skirt. And after school, you get to take it off, even though you look ridiculous, but you're like, this is the rules you follow. So you don't get into trouble. But, like, he's he was the principal, and he's normally, like, very stern on everyone about the dress code. And that note, his face just went from, like, serious to, ooh, no. <laughs> like, he was embarrassed. So, yeah, I guess there's comedy in your own stuff. Look at the big picture. There's no single path to stand-up comedian success. But I would say if you want to be a stand-up comedian, this information in this book would have worked for you. And if you want to learn some new things, that can work. I've been trying to watch new movies and shows and learn about things. Like today I watched Leave It to Beaver for Find a New Show Friday. Yeah, it was a little weirder than I thought, but that will be another explanation. I would never have watched it without doing my podcast and YouTube channel. Also, if you want to check out my other podcasts, and no, I don't get paid for the other podcasts. It's uh, just what I do without ads or anything. It's for the kids, and I'm doing the very short Entirely History of Unicorns by Sarah Luss. No. I'm going to talk a little bit about what's in this book and other fun facts about the unicorn, the Siberian unicorn.
Yes, Siberian Unicorn is a name for a very ancient, very kind of creepy, but very interesting rhino. Also, check out my podcast for tomorrow for Movie Monday. And yes, it will be another one of those lovely stories. I know, I will get a happier one soon. Maybe I'll watch Luca soon, and then we can have a little more cheerful. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast on Bookland that got two podcasts out of me.